Hello everybody, this is Precious D. Welcome to our bonus episode for Godzilla King of Monsters. I just wanted to apologize, there are some sound issues in this episode. It just drops out in a few places. So I hope that won't interfere too much with your enjoyment. Thank you. Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am Precious D. And I am Honey Bee. I would particularly like to welcome all our international listeners. All Hello. Four or five of them. <laughs> we appear to have two listeners in Germany, one in the UK, one in India, and one in Israel. Amazing. They have stuck with us for more than one episode. Well, I hope that you have, even if you aren't from any of those places, welcome back. We're so happy to have all of you. (laughs) Please send us an email telling us where you're from and how you found out about us. We are at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash mmftg. And leave us a voice message there. Uh, Honeybee, I saw The Suicide Squad this week. Did you? Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. This was <laughs> The Suicide Squad. Ah, uh, yes. It's the uh, second movie, isn't it? Yes. I bring that up because there's a kaiju in it. Oh. Something from the comic books. I was very excited. I knew from the previews that it was there. Oh, okay. I have not seen it. It's on the HBO you should have access to it. Cool. So today we're just doing a little bonus episode where we will discuss the Americanization of Godzilla, titled <laughs> Godzilla King of Monsters. Please explain this to me a little bit. Like, why was it just that the Japanese film like wasn't available at all? Like, we just no, couldn't. No, they got the rights to it. But Mm -hmm. instead of just dubbing it, they decided that foreign films were not that popular or Americans couldn't identify with foreigners or something. So they decided they needed to put some American interest directly into the movie. So they they added scenes with Raymond Burr, Mm -hmm. who would go on to become quite well known just a year later playing Perry Mason and then later uh, Ironsides. And they only had him for one day. He he spent a 24-hour shift filming all of his scenes. No way. The dubbing, and they didn't dub everything. Some some of the scenes they just had him narrate or had his friend translate. But the dubbing they recorded in five hours. Oh, wow. Several voice actors, and they apparently just had everybody record all the lines and then just had each person record all the lines and then just pick and choose which reading (laughs) they liked best. One of the people... Oh, my gosh. One of the dubbers was James Hong, a Chinese-American actor, not Japanese. Apparently, he says uh, there were uh, Japanese actors there They must have just liked his versatility the most. James Hong is famous Chinese-American character actor. You've seen him in things. I believe that. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's the bad guy in Big Trouble in Little China, and he's just in numerous movies and TV shows. If you saw his face, you, you wouldn't know him. So the, all the new footage was done in three days, and all of Raymond Burr's stuff done in one of those three days. Wow. They removed any overt references to the bomb, bomb tests, radioactive tuna, or anything like that. It says here the budget was 125000 and the box office was two million. Wow! Uh, this was released in 1956, uh, a few years after the original black and white, 80 minutes cut down from 96 minutes. Directed by Terry O. Morse, and of course Ishiro Honda directing the original material. Hmm. Well, and then they they would do this again some no. 30 years later in 19. 19- 84 toho rebooted the godzilla franchise they did this thing where they make a sequel that ignores all the previous sequels (laughs) so it was it was a sequel it was called i think both godzilla 1984 and godzilla returns it was meant to be a sequel to the original movie but ignoring all the previous sequels similar things have happened recently with like halloween yeah yeah terminator so America decided to do the same thing and release Godzilla 1985 with new footage starring Raymond Burr again inserted into the film. Raymond Burr, who by this time didn't have to take this job, but maybe uh, maybe he had some warm feelings about the project. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe he thought, well, better me than somebody else. <laughs> Let somebody else do that, do that crap. So they did a little, uh, obviously a little editing because they put things in and took things out, but they did some rearranging too. Mm-hmm. The movie starts off a little differently. Uh, we don't have any music or booms. I think we have a little bit of roar and some glowing water. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Raymond Burr, whose character's name is... It's Steve Martin. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, the comedian Steve Martin was not known at the time, so of course, just, just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, this reporter not lol wild and crazy guy. He is just a <laughs> sober, normal guy. It makes way more sense that this happened in like a few hours or like a day because I really I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't. I well, mean. Somebody must have, because this was what we got for 50 years until they... Yeah, I mean, totally. I'm I mean, I'm glad I saw the other one first. Yeah, I guess if you didn't have anything else to compare it to. Right, of course. Okay, but this was the version that most of the world saw outside of Japan for 50 years. That's crazy. Um, for anyone who, you know, this was their first Godzilla experience and you're in love with it, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we start with Steve Martin saying, this is Tokyo, and we the city is already in rubble. Steve is laying in the rubble, covered up with a something. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Building. <laughs> <laughs> beam. I thought beam. He's got a <laughs> port beam or something laying in the rubble. Uh, the rubble. Uh, he's saying it in voiceover that it was once a city of six million, now only a few. And then we flash back and Steve was just stopping over. In I wasn't even supposed to be here today. He was on his way to Cairo and just stopped for a social call to his friend 
Shirazawa. And then we see him in the triage center and um, Emiko has her thing with the dead mother. Steve is carried mm-hmm. in. I think he mentions the odor of scorched flesh. And then we get the first Yeesh. of a few scenes where Raymond Burr talks to a body double mm-hmm. of, of one of the original. So we just see the back of Emiko's. Right. And we get a shot over her shoulder at Steve as he pretends to talk to her and then a reverse shot of the actress uh, we get a flashback to him on the airplane and talking about how dr saragawa is his old college friend and then we get the ship attack that opens the original the original movie yeah yes and then i thought too when there when there is actual um spoken japanese happening mm-hmm. there's no subtitles yeah, I noticed that also. That was a little odd. That is odd. Uh, there's a few times when it just goes on for a few lines, no translation. And then yeah. Steve turns to this guy and says, uh, what are they saying? And he tells us. <laughs> but then there's other places where it's dubbed. And here we get the opposite of what we usually get. Usually there are people who should be speaking good English who mm-hmm. are not, like in King Kong, people mm-hmm. speaking broken English. Here we have all of these Japanese people who live in Japan and yet speak flawless English with no <laughs> discernible no accent. accent. And, I, and I don't just mean the, the dubbed people, but this guy that he's about to meet at the airport right. is obviously a Japanese-American uh, native English speaker. <laughs> there were a few times also that where it was dubbed and it felt like the person was trying a little hard to have an accent. Oh, okay. I don't think I noticed those. I wonder if that was James Hong. So, I'm uh, not sure, but I have it written down. I'll let you know when it happens. Uh, after the ship is attacked, there's stock playing footage, and Steve comes to the airport, and Shegio Ito, assistant to Dr. Sarazawa, meets him, and but then he is asked to come to the security office for questioning. There we meet Tomo... Iwanaga, who's the guy that speaks Mm. perfect English. He has some kind of uniform, but there's no insignia on it at all. And he is some kind of security officer who then hangs around with Steve for most of the rest of the movie, just translating for him because he doesn't have official duties he he should be doing instead. (laughs) And uh, Steve works for United World News Apparently, they want to talk to him. They're talking to everybody on the flight because they think they might have seen the ship get attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think he actually has any information. Right. And then there's something here about a ship wiped out by a blinding flash of light. That might be the ship they're questioning about them. And then we get one of these scenes where they're in the, the chart room and everybody's talking in Japanese. And th- this is a scene from the original movie. I have to say that I think they did a good job of matching the rooms. So it does seem like Steve is in the room he's supposed to be in. Yeah, I agree. I agree that they, they did do a good job with that. If I, if I didn't know, I, I don't think I would have spotted it. Yeah. But, it, it feels like the quality of like when it's showing Steve is like a little bit better okay. just by a little bit when it's the other footage, it just is like a little bit more foggy. <laughs> Okay. Blurry. Blurry, I guess, is a better word. All right. So then, yeah, there's a scene from the original movie about uh, a rescue ship, and we see the ship catch fire. 
Mm-hmm. And we go to an international a room full of international reporters where Steve calls in the story to an operator. <laughs> it doesn't sound like he's maybe he's dictating a telegram because it doesn't. Oh, sound, yeah. Good point. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like he's actually talking to his editor. Right. And uh, we get the families coming in wanting news and finding mm-hmm. survivors that then die in a matter of minutes. Yeah, which the narrator tells us we don't actually see yeah. that like from the first film. Right. He just tells us that they die in seconds and we see the concerned people. Um, and then the next thing I have written down is if you heard this in the last episode, um, that joint in the old man's hand still looks like <laughs> a joint. <laughs> I have next that uh, the main results meeting with Yamane, Dr. Yamane, and Steve claims to have met him years ago through Sarazawa, so that we just feel like Steve's connected to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then we see the scene with them. That that would be the old man. The, the yeah. <laughs> Masaji being found. And the narrator makes it seem like he died. Although even in the original, it's not clear right away that he's not dead because they're sure mm-hmm. acting like he's dead. Yeah, but then you see him. Yes, we see that he in the original he survived. They find, he washes up on the beach. He survived, but then gets killed in the next scene. Steve mentions a helicopter. I also, I also <laughs> said that. Yes, a helicopter. <laughs> uh, maybe they were still, you know, the general public didn't really know what they were yet, like everybody now does. I don't know. I don't know why he called it a helicopter. I mean, there's a scene in Casablanca where Humphrey Bogart mispronounces bourbon. And he was not a teetotaler, but apparently bourbon was not a well-known drink at that time. So he calls it bourbon or something. (laughs) Bourbon. Bourbon. Steve Tomo and Steve's pipe talk to a guy who saw the monster. (laughs) And Steve makes a slightly racist comment, I feel. I also feel, are you talking about the sake comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. He says the guy must have had too much sake. Yeah. Not, not just alcohol, it had to be, it just seemed like slightly racist thing to say. And, you know, we haven't mm-hmm. been ra- rating these movies like we said we were going to on the racism factor. Oh, you're right. <laughs> but I'm going to give that half a point on this one. <laughs> we're giving half a star. Yeah, and our previous, uh, not previous, two movies ago, uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, mm-hmm. it gets a one because it just exists in a world where there's no non-white people. Right. Uh, and Godzilla, I mean, J- Japanese society is pretty homogenous at that time, probably, and still is, I think. Yeah. Certainly no non-Japanese people in that movie. So uh, maybe we want to give it a one for that. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to judge a foreign film as harshly as a film uh, judge my own. Culture. Right. Of course. Yeah. Definitely. I. Uh, I don't know this film. I. It, it's hard for me to. I, I'm just. I was confused with this film. I guess this is first my first experience where like this is a thing. You know, I've never seen anything like this before. But I was just like. It, it felt like are we stupid like we couldn't read the subtitles like i don't know it was just weird it, it is an unusual way to well the subtitles would emphasize that it's a foreign film i guess and people don't like to read subtitles that's and maybe that's their perception of why foreign films aren't popular is because of the subtitles so yeah mm. just cut it out yeah it's a it's a weird way to 
to go about it. So then we see the scene with uh, the dancing and the ceremony, yeah, the ritual. Elmo explains the legend and the girl's sacrifice while we watch the dance. And I wrote down, what is the name of the monster? Godzilla. I'm not at all clear why they felt the need in the first place to change the name from Gojira to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I guess God- Godzilla has a lizard sound to it. I don't know. I don't know whose idea that was. I don't feel it's necessary. Yeah, same. So then it's the nighttime and the storm with the Godzilla attack and Steve and Tomo are just camping out in a tent. Mm-hmm. And we cut Steve in with the original footage of the building getting trashed, but we don't actually see Godzilla. I have right here, I just want to say, this is where I have written down, wow, this is crazy. Oh no, dubbed in an accent? Question mark. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure so, who that was. Yeah, me either. Um yeah, dang. I guess it's like around the ritual, like somewhere in the ritual, maybe. Okay. I'll have to go back and look. So Steve tells us no one was sure except the natives. The natives mm-hmm. are all sure it's Godzilla that did it. They said it was Godzilla. Uh, then we get that meeting where everybody's putting in their insurance claims, but Steve's narration changes the meaning of their testimony. Uh, and I can't remember what he changes it to, but it seems to be less about the damages that they suffered. Mm-hmm. And Yamani talks about Yetis again and suggests a research party. And he's being dubbed in this scene. And the dubber, maybe that's who you were saying had an accent. Maybe so. He keeps mispronouncing phenomena. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. Phenomena. Phenomena. (laughs) Phenomena. Steve talks to Yamani's body devil. And wants to come on the research mission and get the bon voyage scene and Steve's intercut in there with his unlit pipe. He just has an oral fixation. It's always in his mouth. <laughs> he actually does like the pipe and rats out Emiko and uh, what's his name? Ogato. Ogato. Ogata. Yeah, he rat in his narration, he rats them out. He it says was it, it was the usual triangle. Like, what? All right. I love that. It was the usual triangle. Wait, wait a second. Uh, and then we get all the the Geiger counter and measuring the footprints in the trilobite, with little shots of Steve cutting all of that. And Steve starts to ask about the trilobite, but then gets cut off uh, as everybody has to go run and hide. And at twenty eight minutes and thirty seconds, Godzilla finally appears, contrasted with twenty two minutes and eight seconds in the original. Tomo falls down, Emiko falls down, and I don't know if these guys were in the original. I don't think they were. There's some guys holding swords like they're ready to fight Godzilla. Oh, really? There's swords, yeah. (laughs) And here they claim Godzilla is 400 feet tall. Mm-hmm. The American producer picked up the size of Godzilla without actually doing anything to jack up his size. Right. Yeah. I also want to say the photo of when they're saying, like, judging from this photograph, he's over 400 feet tall. It looks like an elementary school day photo where it's like, okay, now tilt your head down a little bit. Look up. Great. Snap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
put his, way- make a little fist, put his chin on the fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the way that his head is like tilted. It was very like it was like an elementary school photo. It was really funny. Uh, so Yamani seems to theorize both that it, Godzilla was reproducing secretly and that the H bomb resurrected it. And the crowd starts to get angry, but it's not clear. In the original, it was clear what they were getting angry. In this one, it's not. Mm-hmm. They were getting having an argument about whether or not to keep it secret. But in this one, they just seem to get mad. And then Steve calls George back home at the paper, I guess. Mm-hmm. Calls the monster big and terrible. There's some stuff about depth. Oh, he tells them they're going to use depth bombs. Then we get a really bad scene where Steve calls Sarazawa. Yeah. His body double on the phone is placed behind lab equipment so that his face is obscure. Yeah, and he's just not, like, he's just not the same character, I feel like. with the, uh-huh. It just really took away from his character. Like, I felt like in the original movie, his character was very kind of mysterious, maybe a little, you know, mm-hmm. just different. And with the um, American voiceover, it was just like, nah like not the same guy or like the no. same character it doesn't feel the no. same at all uh, i did feel though in, in his in a way though he's more mysterious in that steve has come to see him and doesn't he keeps talking about him but never gets to meet him like until the end <laughs> when they're on the boat together but they don't interact at all <laughs> this phone this fake phone call is their only direct interaction and <laughs> sirizawa makes fun of Steve's Japanese. <laughs> I guess he's like, I speak perfect English. Why Japanese? Yeah. As he's hiding behind the lab equipment. Can't meet tonight. Um, Emiko is coming and do a solid and tell him <laughs> that his woman is cheating on him. Already know this, but he narrates about it. Uh, and Emiko calls him Dr. Sarazawa, which I thought was oddly formal and the things are not going well <laughs> with you with you and your fiance unless you're in a jane austen novel if your Aww. fiance <laughs> always refers to you by your title maybe there's a problem or maybe it's a kinky thing don't kink shame them <laughs> <laughs> but she starts her off and the it didn't play this way in the original but in this one, it kind of plays like maybe he cut purpose because he mm-hmm. want her because he knows and doesn't want her to tell him. And then this scene plays out the pretty much the way it does in the original. Go then she goes to uh, Ogata uh, out with the boy, but uh, that character just gets pushed to the side. the The boy that gets adopted, whose brother died, mm-hmm. he, he's not at all a, pr- a proper character in this movie. That. That nobody talks about him. It's not clear who he is or anything. Yeah. The three young people are watching the depth charges on TV as Yamane broods like he did in the original. Uh-huh. Uh, but in this version, the party ship is explicitly celebrating Godzilla's presumed destruction. They're just celebrating too soon. Right. Whereas in the other one, it just seemed like they were just dumbasses who yeah. weren't paying attention. <laughs> Uh, what is this? I wrote Pan- panic newspaper, Paris newspaper. Uh, I don't know. Oh, and I don't know something about the newspaper. And then the military rolls in, and we finally get to hear some Godzilla music. 
And the uh, family time is interrupted by klaxons and thuds as G uh, attacks the, and eats the train. But Steve intercut, and there's an untranslated meeting. <laughs> and Tomo explains the electric tower plan to Steve. And there's some evacuations. And the little girl who was crying in the beginning mm-hmm. is seen, seen evacuating in this scene. But because that was because this is all a flashback, this would have mm-hmm. happened before that. And the night news office has a good view. <laughs> That's a good view. Steve makes a recording for George, and Godzilla comes ashore. Max Towers, Army Shoot says, per original, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his atomic breath. Steve watches. Smash, smash, cut to Steve, smash. <laughs> it's what I wrote. <laughs> And we see Steve. I do, I do love the toys again, like the toys smashing and the. I just love that. It's so brilliant. <laughs> uh, Steve says some of the that other reporter, the guy on the tower, said in the original, and we see the tower go. But I don't think in this one it's clear that there's people on that tower. Mm. And nothing can save the city now. Steve signs off as the building is hit. We get the mother with her children again, but no translation. Yeah, but we can't. We don't know what she's saying, so it doesn't. It's not as devastating. Right. Which is funny if you grew up with this version and then later watched the original version, you're like, "Oh God!" <laughs> but Godzilla does a bridge flip. There's an airstrike, and Godzilla leaves. And now we're back to where we came in, with Steve bandaged and. Uh, in quotes, talking mm. to Emiko and uh, Ogata. And Emiko tells Steve about the oxygen destroyer. And we get the flashback to a shorter version of that scene. Steve wants to talk to Sarazawa, but Emiko and Ogata go see him so that we don't have to reshoot anything. <laughs> yeah. And in this scene, at one point where they're talking to Sarazawa, it sounds like she says, the Zilla instead of <laughs> like she's like saying something and I I had to stop it and rewind it because it really sounded like she said the Zilla and I was like Zilla. oh dang the Zilla <laughs> what people like to call the uh, 1998 yeah. American Zilla oh really that's the Broderick one that's, yeah that's they funny. actually end, they end up incorporating that version of the monster into some of the Japanese movies to make it very clear that it's a separate monster. Hmm. That our guy is Gojira and that guy is just Zilla. The Zilla. Yeah. Uh, we get the same scene with uh, em- the love triangle, but Emiko mentions Steve in passing just to keep him as part of the story. Right. Yeah. Little- is the TV footage different, though? To me, it's. I like- think it is. I think in the original, we just see them singing the prayer for peace. And in this one, we yeah. see the destruction. And then we mm-hmm. see the girls singing. Yeah. We get a shorter version of the oxygen destroyer on the boat prep- preparation scene as Steve watches and narrates. Some other news guy does some commentary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Siragawa's motivation for sacrificing himself is less clear in this version. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. The, the whole idea that I must take this secret with me is less mm-hmm. clear in this version. Yeah, I felt like it was a little lost. And the other says 
People of the world, Godzilla is dead. Give us strength to rebuild our beloved land. Yes, this is meant to be a Japanese reporter who's talking in English. And then Steve says in in narration, the menace was gone. So was a great man. But the whole world could wake up and live again. And over the closing credits, we hear the prayer for peace slowly drowned out by booming footsteps. Because we've cut out all references to bombs and tests and things, we don't get the, if these tests continue, he might come back. Or there might be another one. I just don't think they're focusing as much on how this is our fault. Right. Which, I mean, (laughs) of course. America's not. Not going to take responsibility. Wouldn't be as great of a movie. I mean, <laughs> they if they were if they were going to do that, they would have just dubbed it. Mm-hmm. But they were they weren't going to, so they've made this. Yeah. Monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> so that is Godzilla, King of Monsters! Exclamation point. Exclamation point. So was this your first? This was your first Godzilla, right? I don't think so. I don't think I saw oh, okay. this one until years later. I must have seen some on television. I remember once going to the drive-in to see some other movie and there being a preview of Godzilla versus Megalon mm. and wanting to see that, but I did not go I did not go see it in the movie theater though. Boo. But I remember thinking that that was that looked cool. Uh, but no, I think I just caught random ones on television, usually ones where he's fighting with somebody. Okay. Which he does until his second movie. Yay. Is that uh, the Raids Again? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Not Rides Again. If he were a cowboy, he would ride again. He's, <laughs> he is a monster. He is raiding again. He is a monster, not a cowboy. Noted. Yeah. Little mini episode just covering the Americanization of Godzilla. Yeah, if and, you've only seen this version of Godzilla, do yourself a favor and watch the other one, the Japanese yeah. version. Both versions are on HBO Max right now, along with several other Godzilla and Godzilla-related movies, like Rodan and Mothra. There's so many. I looked all, I looked them up today, all of them. Like, just typed into Google like every Godzilla movie ever made, and ever made, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many. Yeah, it's about 25, I think. But then there's also, like I said, Rodan and Mothra, who have their own movies before they fight Godzilla. And then Mothra's got like at least three movies of her own years later. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, So thanks for joining us. And we'll be doing, this will probably just be a bonus episode, and we will do them exclamation point next time on monster movie fun time go